around Glenn, turn down the hearing aids. <laughs> continue with the scripture reading for today. It's funny because this morning um, we stopped at a gas station and there was a man who was screaming out all sorts of things incoherently, uh, very angry and very agitated. And I said to the kids who are watching this, wondering what in the world was going on, I said, this is very similar to something in scripture about a man uh, who was demon-possessed. And here we are. This is your scripture reading for today, which is Luke chapter 8, verses 26 to 38. It is exactly what we talked about this morning, so it's weird. Here we are. They sailed to the region of Gerasenes, which is across the lake from Galilee. When Jesus stepped ashore, he was met by a demon-possessed man from the town, for a long time this man had not worn clothes or lived in a house, but had lived in the tombs. 
When he saw Jesus, he cried out and fell at his feet, shouting at the top of his voice, What do you want with me, Jesus, Son of the Most High God? I beg you, don't torture me. For Jesus had commanded the evil spirit to come out of the man. Many times it had seized him, and though he was chained hand and foot and kept under guard, he had broken his chains and had been driven by the demon into a solitary place. Jesus asked him, What is your name? Legion, he replied, because many demons had gone into him, and they begged him repeatedly not to order them to go into the abyss. A large herd of pigs was feeding there on the hillside. The demons begged Jesus to let them go into them, and he gave them permission. When the demons came out of the man, they went into the pigs, and the herd rushed down the steep bank into the lake and was drowned. When those tending the pigs saw what had happened, they ran off and reported this in the town and countryside, and the people went out to see what had happened. When they came to Jesus, they found the man from whom the demons had gone out. He was sitting at Jesus' feet, dressed, and in his right mind, and they were afraid. Those who had seen it told the people how the demon-possessed man had been cured, Then all the people of the region of the Gerasenes asked Jesus to leave them because they were overcome with fear. So he got into the boat and left. The man from whom the demons had gone out begged to go with him, but Jesus sent him away saying, return home and tell how much God has done for you. So the man went away and told all over town how much Jesus had done for him. Turn your handbooks to 592. I love to tell a story. Oh 
since last summer that God would give us a playground for the church because we have so many kids coming. And um, last week, did I already say this last week? Did I tell you this last week? No. Okay. Anita, who has really good thrift skills, um, she's always on those marketplace things on the internet and everything. She found one and she had me look at it. It's the second one she had me look at. The first one I didn't like. So that... And the one she found was the one I had on my phone that I wanted to buy from this Lifetime company that does like the playgrounds at the schools. It's the exact same one. Well, if you buy that one flat out, it's $2,000. And it was $500. And I just, I couldn't praise God enough. Like day after day, I just kept saying, you know, he gave us that playground. And we had a bunch of guys that went out and picked it up. And, and I praise God for them. Don't be, I'm not mad at you, Trent. <laughs> where's some miscommunication going on. But anyway, we um, have it here, and we're just trying to find a good location for it because you know, we have wet spots and got to find a big flat spot. It's a beautiful thing, and just, praise God that we have a playground from him. Other praises or prayer requests? 
Yeah, I will praise the Lord. Uh, he laid my heart today. It's the time of test this year. And, uh, there's a lot of stuff going on in our world around us, even in our own households. And uh, it worked this year for me. It works. It's weird. The hours and this different stuff. It's early. And it's, uh, I just, uh, I don't like the time of testing. I don't think any of us do. It's just, uh, but as I, I just go through each day praying, and this, uh, you know, I told the Lord a long time ago, I don't care what you put me through. I'm going to stay faithful to you, and I'm just going to keep marching forward. So you do out with me. And uh, it's just sometimes I said, you know, I say my prayers, and I lay the worry and tears down at the cross. The next thing I was like a hot potato, put that in my hand. I'm like, why do I got to say anything? So I run that across my floor. This is yours. I'm not in control. You're in control. And it just takes practice to finally lay this thing down and say, God, you're in control. I'm not going to break fret anybody the same way. As you know, we were talking about the worry and not fear, but the devil has way this coming back when you're set, especially by yourself, and he's supposed to set stupid little thing in your head. Like, oh, so. But yeah, he's been getting me through a crazy year so far, and it's, um, so I'm just saying focus on him. Praise the Lord. Amen. Praise Jesus Christ. He is faithful. When? Uh, my youngest daughter is going to be married this coming weekend, so I just ask that you uh, say some prayers to bless the marriage. Definitely need to pray for people getting married. <laughs> I've been announcing the uh, worship time at camp, which was yesterday, <clears throat> and it was a great turnout, and it was good to see the people out at Bethany Camp. Uh, people who've been sponsoring it forever, um, people who are new to the camp, and it's kind of a good variety of people and a great time of worship, um, hymn singing, and uh, the food was amazing, best chicken dinner I've ever had, probably, and uh, just really well done, really good time, and the new pavilion that they're putting up, a new building, um, is moving along very well as well, so if you haven't seen that yet, it's quite a sight to behold, and it's going to get even bigger real quick here. So, so this this Tuesday and Wednesday, they're supposed to pour the cement floor for that gymnasium area. So, they would ask prayer for the weather to be appropriate for that to take place. Because it's a it's huge, massive project. Amen. I'm going to talk about it a little bit in a few minutes, but. I'm praising the Lord for lots of things he's been doing this month, but one of them was we had eight children to teenagers, they wouldn't want to be called children, probably teenagers, uh, who were baptized last Sunday night. That was the Sunday we did it, right? <laughs> things, I got so many things related. going on, I forgot. <laughs> Forget when things happen, but I'm so grateful for what the Lord has done, and uh, that was an exciting time. We did it in the lake, we didn't lose anybody. And, uh, and it was a real blessing to see that take place. So let's have a word of prayer. Just praise the Lord for all these different things. Father, we're so grateful for your love for us, for you drawing us into your family and helping us to understand that Jesus Christ died for our sins, that he shed his blood to remove our sin, that he was buried and he rose again victorious so that we would know that we have life everlasting with him. Thank you for bringing us into that family, for the excitement that brings, for the message we have to give to others, a true message, a message that is for real. To be free in Christ is to be truly free. Thank you for that. We thank you that as 
people come to know the Lord, they also are moved to be baptized. And we were grateful for the eight who were baptized last Sunday night. What an exciting moment to have children and teenagers proclaim their love for the Lord and their relationship with the church. We're grateful for that. And we thank you for the joy it is to see you work in such a way. We pray for more of that to happen. We, we thank you for Scott and Helen Camp, and we're sorry for their lack of presence today because of COVID. We pray that you'll heal and bring them back quickly so they can have fellowship with us. We're grateful for the missionaries that have come and the ones that are here today, the Ryshevskis, and we, and we pray that you would work in a unique way in people's lives through these four Sundays, reminding us of what is your mission? What will you and what can you do for the Lord? Help us, Lord, to be searching for those things that you would want us to do to serve you. We thank you for the blessing of the camp and for the continued work going on there. We pray that they'll be able to get that all done and closed in before winter hits. Uh, we're grateful that they're going to have a place like that, that so many more activities can take place when weather is bad. And we're grateful for that. We're grateful for the celebration of hymns and praises. We, Lord, have so much that we can be grateful for. And we are grateful, Lord, for your constant presence in our life every day. That you might guide and direct, that you might protect and strengthen. We're just grateful for your love, and we pray you'll help us truly to love one another. Help us now to worship you with all our heart as we sing songs of worship together, and we'll praise you for it in Christ's name. Amen. Okay, let's stand and sing. We're going to sing the song Holy Forever, which you are getting better and better at singing. It's wonderful. Oh, 
sing gratitude as a thanks to God for the four weeks of missions and catching up and having speakers challenging us <laughs> and the way God's been working, the, the baptisms, just everything, the way God's been working, the number of people that have been coming out. Praise the Lord. And so a response to that would be our gratitude. So let's sing the song Gratitude together. Because all 
Gracious Father, we're so grateful for your love for us, and again, wish to thank you so much for the way you work in our lives to bring us to Christ, in our lives to cause us to grow, in the church life to cause us to grow together and to love one another. Pray that this time now would be time spent honoring you and worshiping you by listening to your word and growing and we'll praise you for that in your son's precious name. Amen. Clipboard still? Yeah. Four, five, six, and seven. Name all the numbers. Four, five, six, and seven-year-olds can get clipboards. And now the uh, missionary you've been expecting will be coming to preach. <laughs> But you can uh, make your family stand if you want, or or you don't, or you don't need to. <laughs> Good morning, church. We are very thankful to be here today. Um, I can't introduce my family. My wife, Krista is, yeah, we can stand up, yeah. So this is my wife, Krista, and we have Noah and Isaac and Ezra who are here, um, and we're so thankful to be with you. Um, we serve in Portugal, which is the westernmost country in continental Europe, and I am a teacher at a school for missionary children. Um, so we're not church planters, but we're church plant assistants we're there to try to help teachers or help the missionaries stay on the field while they're doing their job so that we can, and we can teach their children so that they can be involved in full-time ministry. Um, Portugal is a very late-night culture, and so prayer times at some churches just start at 9 o'clock at night. Uh, youth group goes from like 8 till 11, um, those kinds of things. And so... Um, Parents can't be like homeschooling their kids and then be expected to also go through and do the, the nighttime ministries and all that. So we are there to be a help so that we can there to teach their kids so that they have enough energy 
uh, to keep up with the Portuguese lifestyle and to be able to, to be in their um, Bible studies, prayer meetings, um, those kinds of things. Um, so we are there as, uh, as teachers in that school. Um, we're just going to give a, a short update of what has happened in the past five years. Uh, 2017, we went back on furlough, back to uh, America and Canada. I'm Canadian, um, and my wife is from Indiana. Um, so we have a cross-cultural relationship within ourselves here. Um, but uh, we, we came back on furlough for a full year last time in 2017 to 2018 uh, because I had gone through burnout. Um, I, uh, my brain just stopped working, and uh, I needed to recover. Um, and through God's help, he took care of everything for us to get back here uh, to North America. He took care of us as far as a place to live. He took care of us as far as what we did with our apartments back in Portugal. It was absolutely amazing the way he orchestrated everything. Um, and then we were wondering, are we still able to go? Um, is my mind good enough to still teach? And we prayed about it because we honestly had no idea. Um, and we kind of did a Gideon thing. We laid out something and said, okay, God, if we can get back up to a certain amount of support by this certain date, then we'll, that'll be confirmation that you want us to go. Um, and within a week of that deadline, we had one donor who stepped up and said, I want to give 500 a month. And so that just blew our minds because individual donors don't usually give that much. That's usually what churches give, you know. Um, and so we were shocked, and that was kind of the confirmation. And then back in Portugal, we found out, yes, this is why uh, we were to go. Um, however, when I went back, um, I, I did still have trouble. Uh, my brain wasn't in the spot where I, it should have been. And so I changed my teaching style. I started doing what's called the flipped classroom model. And what that is, is uh, I don't know if you remember your time in school where you, know, you were in math class or geometry or algebra and the teacher would lecture and you'd practice with him. And then class was over and you had five other, six other subjects to go through the day. And then you would come home at night and try to remember, how do I do this algebra stuff? How do I do this geometry stuff? And you ask your parents who hadn't seen a algebra in 20 years and they didn't know what to do. You know. Um, so this method is I would record the lectures and the examples. Um, and then they would go home and watch it online at night and take the lecture notes online at night. So the homework was the lecture time. And then they would come back to school the next day to show me their notes, to show me that they had seen it. And then they would then work on the math in class with me there so that if they have questions, I could be there to help them through it. Or they work together in groups to help each other in getting through all the problems. And so uh, we ended up changing that model because that way I didn't have to keep those lectures in my head throughout the day. Um, I was the math teacher, so that meant grade seven, eight math, Algebra, geometry, algebra two, like I was teaching all the maths. Um, and so this way, I didn't have to keep all that in my head, but I could still be there to do one-on-one -on -one help with all the kids. Um, so it did do a lot of work to get those videos recorded, um, but in the end it paid off. And then when the next year came, when I had to teach the class again, then the videos were already recorded. And so it made life easier on my brain to be able to, to do that. And what was interesting about all this was then that wonderful year 2020 hit. And what happened? 
lockdowns, right? School closings, all these kinds of things. Um, and so we switched from teaching in class to teaching online. But guess what? All my classes already recorded. The students already knew how to watch the lectures online and then how to submit things online. Um, and plus, because I had figured out how to do all this, I was able to teach the other teachers and show them the technologies that I used on how to teach online, and so they were able to get it done. And so our school, even though we had to shut down when the government shut down, uh, locked down Portugal, um, our school within the next week was up and running again, whereas most of Portugal, it took them three weeks, a month, before they could figure out what are we doing with all the kids and all that. Um, and for teachers to be set up and all that. And so we were ready to go. And so, again, we have to say God is good all the time. Because even with the hard things, he teaches us those things to get us ready to get set up for something coming down the road where we can be then a help to others. And that was a perfect case of this happening in our school. Um, now, obviously, lockdowns were hard on everyone. Uh, things got a little crazy at times. None of the parks were open. So our couch became the trampoline. Um, our, our youngest is a very active child and needs to run around, and so that's what ended up happening. Um, one of the moms suggested, why don't we do a fun school activity and make a music video for the school? And so this was our part in the music video that we, uh, we did, and then they edited and put it out, just to try to maintain school unity by having the school do something together. You know. Um, so it was, a, it was crazy, it was hard, but there were also some good times in, in during those lockdowns. Uh, a lot of changes happened in those five years that we were there. Um, because of COVID, a lot of families ended up leaving our little school as well. Um, because we are a school of mostly missionary families, during COVID, a lot of people lost their jobs back in the home countries, and so that meant a lot of missionaries lost support. And especially some of our Brazilian missionaries, they couldn't just, they couldn't sustain themselves being still in Portugal. And so a few of our families ended up leaving due to that. Other international students, like we have a lot of Nepalese who come to our school because it's an English school and they want their kids to have a, uh, an English education. Well, their families own restaurants and they own tourist shops. Well, this, the whole, country was locked down, tourism disappeared, and so they lost their businesses, and so they lost the ability to come as well, like to pay for tuition and all that, and so we lost some families there. Um, within that time, right at the end of that year of, two, of 2020, uh, our administrator and his wife retired as well. Uh, and so because of that, we had change in leadership happen. We had an intern principal, and then now we have a full-time that just started last year. And also with the secretary stepping out, uh, not stepping out, retiring, um, Krista took on the role uh, to be that. And so uh, our family dynamic changed with that, and now she was working in the school as well. Um, and. The field team treasurer also retired that year, and so all of the school finances, like he, he had finances over the whole team, including school, so the, the school side got pushed to Krista as well. So what she thought was a part-time secretary job became 
a full-time job with finances and school secretary and stuff. And so uh, these past few years have been hard on our family, uh, just with all these other things coming in. Um, but again, with all that transition, with all that change, God is still good. Um, he is faithful in what we've seen. Um, our field team, and actually the whole region of Western Europe with ABWE, started praying Matthew 9.38. We have 9.38 as an alarm clock on our phones to, for us to pray. Uh, because in Matthew 9.38, it says, Pray that the Lord of the harvest would send forth laborers into the harvest. And so we started praying that and faithfully. And we have seen missionaries come. We've seen four families within these years with ABWE alone to come, two others with pioneers, and I'm sure there are others who have come. And so we're just so thankful that God is honoring our requests in that and how we're trying to follow him in that he asked us to pray for those things. So I would ask that you guys do the same, that you would continue to pray for Portugal, but for around the world as well, that the Lord would raise up missionaries. Um, obviously at 9.38 in the morning, I can't do it because I'm in the middle of teaching, but mine said for 9.38 at night. So... I mean, you could do it both, right? Okay. Um, so we're very thankful for that. We're also thankful that God uh, led us to um, doctors outside of the normal Portuguese system to help us with some of our medical concerns. Um, our, our oldest son was originally born with clubbed foot, um, which meant he had to have a surgery, and his, uh, his feet are different sizes, his legs are different sizes. And that gave quite a curve to his back. And uh, the Portuguese system said, well, he's going to have to wear a back brace then for 23 hours a day and all that. And we didn't want to go through that. Um, and so our doctor, who was a Christian, said, well, before we go down that road, let's, I want to recommend you to a chiropractor that's a Christian that we know, and we'll see how that works. And sure enough, we started going there. She was able to adjust him and get him to do exercises. And now we've also got orthopedic shoes that balance out his legs and stuff like that. And the doctors in the Portuguese system looked at him again and said, OK, no back brace. He's doing great. Um, and so we're thankful for God showing us that. Um, also, with my health concerns, I'm sure burnout burned a lot of things out in me that also came out. But uh, we got to discover that I have what's called Hashimoto's syndrome or something like that. Uh, basically, my immune system likes to attack my thyroid, and gluten and dairy can trigger that. And so I started going gluten-free, dairy-free, started taking thyroid medication, and my symptoms got way better, had more energy in the day, less brain fog. Um, so just, again, so thankful for God helping us get through some of those medical concerns and all that. Um, so, so thankful for how God's taking care of us. Uh, we're also thankful for the way God has been providing for teachers at the school. Last year, we had this thing where our grade one and two teacher was supposed to come, but her visa was taking forever, and so we had to like fill in uh, with some of the moms that were there to, to just help until she got that visa. And she got her visa, and then she tore her ACL, and she had to have surgery on that, and then the recovery time. So she actually didn't end up coming last year. And we were like, okay, God, what, what are we going to do? We've, we've tried recruiting. We've tried all these things. We don't know what to do. Um, and then this lady who just retired from public school teaching came to visit a missionary in Portugal 
um, felt that the Lord wanted her to take a look at our school. She came to the school on a Friday, and she said then, I think God has me here for a reason. And so what was supposed to be a two-week trip turned into a three-month trip where she became the grade one and two teacher for us. And she was exactly what our children all needed, and our schools is actually what she needed as well. Um, we built into each other's lives, and it was just amazing. And she wasn't on anyone's radar except for God's. And it's so neat just being in a place where we see God taking care of people who are trying to serve him. Um, and so we're just, again, so thankful for, for God taking care of that. Um, as far as prayer requests for our family, uh, that he would continue to supply the teachers that are needed at the academy. Um, the same thing, again, happened this year. Uh, we have a new first and second grade teacher who was supposed to come, and three weeks before school started, she dropped off. Um, and so now we are trying to find the filling again. So if you could pray that the Lord would again provide, that would be awesome. Um, just like he provided Miss Sheila to us. Maybe there's another Miss Sheila down the road. We don't know. Um, but pray that God would provide for, for the school for that. Um, continue to pray for us for, again, rest, restoration, refreshment while we're here in North America. Um, travels as we can encourage churches. Uh, our financial support, we're at 91%. So we're very thankful where we're at. However, before we return, we do have to be up at 100. So if you can pray that the Lord would raise up partners with us or help to increase more of what is giving. Um, you know, inflation and cost of living has gone up all around the world with missions too. Um, and so we do need to raise more to, to get back. Um, and pray for us as we are homeschooling. Uh, we are often traveling during the week to different churches and stuff. And so it's hard for us to... We can't really leave our kids anywhere at a school where we're living, um, and so they're traveling with us, and so we are doing homeschooling, and that has lots of fun times, but also stressful times, uh, and so I uh, pray that we can be on top of that um, as we go, okay? All right, um, let's get in God's Word. Uh, please turn to Luke chapter 8. Uh, it's on page 1002 of your Pew Bibles, if you have those. Um, in verse, we read uh, this morning, verses 26 to, to 39. I found that interesting story, Joshua, how uh, I'm the one who picked the verse this morning, so he had no idea about that, you know, and so that's why it's even interesting how that, that worked out. Um, and so we read the story about um, the healing of the demon-possessed man. Before we do that, I just actually want to read a little bit before that to show us where Jesus was coming from and the disciples right before they got there. Um, so in Luke, we are in the 8th chapter, so all kinds of things have happened. Jesus has done some great teaching. He has done some healing. He's even raised the dead of, of a widow, uh, a son of a widow who was dead. Um, and just uh, he's called his disciples. And so there, there's, you know, he's, he's got a growing gathering of followers. Um, and in verse 22, we read, One day Jesus said to his disciples, Let's go over to the other side of the lake. So they got into a boat and set out. As they sailed, he fell asleep. 
A squall came down on the lake so that the boat was being swamped, and they were in great danger. The disciples went and woke him, saying, Master, Master, we're going to drown. He got up and rebuked the wind and the raging waters. The storm subsided, and all was calm. Where is your faith? He asked his disciples. In fear and amazement, they asked one another, Who is this? He commands even the winds and the water, and they obey him. Um, so we have Jesus who just says to the disciples, let's cross the lake. And they're like, okay. So they're following him and, and what they want him to do. And they find themselves in a raging storm. Were the disciples out of the will of God in this, in this point? No, they were following Jesus. And where did he take them through? He took them through a storm. Okay? Don't Consider it as something bad when the storms start coming. Sometimes God is going to take you through a storm to teach you something. Thank you for sharing this morning. I appreciated your prayer request there. Right? Um, sometimes Jesus is taking us through this to show us his power, to show us his provision, to show us his love and his care for us, even when the, the times are hard. I also love this story because he went over there to rescue one person and then he came back. You know, what is he willing to do just to save one person? That was amazing. Although in the story, it, there's a lot more behind the scenes than just that one person. Okay. And uh, I want to look at what this one person's salvation actually accomplished. Okay. Um, first of all, uh, in the NIV it says in verse 26, that it's the region of the Gerasenes. In the King James, it's called the Gadarenes. And uh, I just wanted to look at briefly, like, who, who were these people? Okay. Um, I think I have a laser pointer on this. Okay. So here we have the Sea of Galilee up here. Uh, and it said, Jesus said, let's cross the lake, right? So the region of Galilee is over, you know, this, this more this side. And the the, the Gadarenes are over on this side. So they're on the eastern coast of, of the lake. Uh, if you want to think back to your Old Testament, when the land was divided up, when Israel went to conquer the promised land, th or two and a half tribes stayed on the east side. Yeah, the east side. <laughs> my, my west, your east, right? Um, and uh, they were the tribe of Reuben, the half-tribe of Manasseh, and the tribe of Gad, which is why you have the Gadarenes. Okay, so it's, they were the ones who were there. Now, in between the, 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 the Testaments, the New Testament and the Old Testament, there is still a lot of history that happened, even though there is nothing recorded in Scripture about that. Uh, the, Alexander the Great came through the area, and he conquered the region, and Greek culture was passed and flourished in that area. Um, Koine Greek for those Greek scholars there. This is that time. It's that, that language that was being used back then. And then the Romans came, and the Romans took over. And this region on the east side ended up having uh, quite a strong Greek influence. Uh, there's 10 cities up there called the Decapolis, and they were centers of Greek and Roman culture. 
And a lot of the Jews who lived in that region started taking on some of the cultural traits of the Greeks who were there. Now, they didn't believe in all the gods that the Greeks and the Romans did. They still held true that there was one true God, uh, the God of Israel. But they still let the rest of the culture influence them quite a bit. And they became known as Hellenists because they were Jews that followed a Greek culture. Okay, And you can read about a little bit about Hellenists in the book of Acts and how Paul reached out to them and, and how they were taken care of and stuff like that. Um, and so when, you know, when, when I read this section of the scriptures, you often think, well, like, I thought the Jews weren't allowed to eat pork. Why would they have herds of swine? Well, the reason is because they've adapted to the Greek culture so much that they are, in fact, they may not keep a lot of the same Jewish traditions that those you know, who might call themselves the pure Jews in Jerusalem would have had. Um, and so they dealt with, uh, they were in the marketplace with the Greeks, um, raising pigs maybe for the Greeks, or maybe even were eating them themselves. We don't know. Um, but they were uh, a little bit different than the Jews on the, the other side of the, the, the river and in, in the area. Um, Oops, sorry, wrong button. Okay, oh, yeah, the Hellenists. So they were kind of like Greek Jews, all right? Now this man that we looked at that Jesus came and rescued, he was demon-possessed, as it said, um, and he was under guard and bound in chains and shackles originally. This kind of shows us something a little bit different than what is normally happens. When someone was demon-possessed to the point where they were dangerous back then, they would be stoned. They would be killed. They wouldn't be kept under guard in chains and shackles. And so it's believed that what was happening here is because of, again, the Greek influence and everything there, is that this man became kind of a scapegoat for the people. What that meant was, is any time someone did something wrong and divine judgment came on, this man was deemed the one who would take it on himself by the society. And so any spiritual punishment that would be on him, would, that would be on someone in the community, they would pass it on to him. So if there were any deals made with gods or demons, that judgment had to happen, it was deemed that this man possibly was the recipient of it all, which was why he had so many demons, which was why he was so messed up. Um, he, in a sense, took on the sins of his people around him and was under a lot of torment, under a lot of judgment, and possibly also under a lot of ridicule, and like maybe people insulted him and yelled at him and did all kinds of things so that he was receiving the judgment that they should have been getting. And um, we see that he was so overpowered by the demons that he could break out of the chains and run away and actually lived in tombs um, and was not in his right mind. And so he was living under torment and being kept alive because of the punishment of the people was on him sort of thing. 
And so we read the story this morning about what happened. Um, you know, we, we read Jesus coming to him, and the demons automatically see who he is. Uh, in verse 28, it says, When he saw Jesus, he cried out and fell at his feet, shouting at the top of his voice, What do you want with me, Jesus, son of the Most High God? I beg you, don't torture me. For Jesus had commanded the evil spirit to come out of the man. Many times it had seized him, and though he was chained hand and foot and kept under guard, he had broken his chains and had been driven by the demon into solitary places. Demon asked him, what is your name? Legion, he replied, because many demons had gone into him. And they begged him repeatedly not to order them into the abyss. Um, so apparently like, demons like to have a body to be in, and they didn't want to be just kind of out. And they didn't want to be going to hell yet either. Um, and so they work out this deal with Jesus about going into um, the herd of swine instead. And then, you know, the, the, the swine run, run violently down the bank and, and into the lake. Um, and so we have all kinds of reactions here. We have the herders who saw what happened. In verse 34, they saw what happened. They ran off and reported it to the town and the countryside. The town is probably that city of Hippa, or Hippo, um, which was on the, the um, it was one of the Decapolis cities on, on the side of the lake there. Um, and so they, they talked about it. The people went out to see what happened. And we saw that the man, they found him. He was, the demons were out of him. He was sitting at Jesus' feet. He was dressed. And they were afraid. Originally, when I was reading this, I'm like, why would they be afraid? Aren't they happy that some guy, you know, got demons free of him? But then when I read about what was the reason for his possession, then it started making more sense. Because now their scapegoat was gone. Now all the judgment that was on him was taken care of what was going to happen. They were open up to demonic oppression or judgment or divine judgment again because now this guy was no longer their scapegoat. Um, so the people asked Jesus to leave them because they were overcome with fear. You know, so it's amazing here, like they don't see, wow, liberation, wow, freedom. They see, oh no, we're in trouble instead of something beautiful that's happening. Um, sometimes you think of like the Pharisees too, like they see Jesus healing on the Sabbath and they're like, wow, a miracle has happened. This guy's arm has grown back. They're like, no, they don't see past what they think is right and wrong and say, but he healed on the Sabbath. That's impossible. Like that can't happen. Um, Jesus is a lot bigger than our traditions. Jesus is a lot bigger than demons. He's bigger than the sea and the wind and the waves. He is God over all. Um, and we can see this in him. And we have the man's reaction. He is now in his right mind. He is clothed. And he wants to follow Jesus. Um, in 38, it says, The man whom the demons had gone out of him begged him to go with him. Isn't this interesting? We have someone who wants to follow Jesus, but Jesus says, No, don't follow me. He says... Return home and tell how much God has done for you. 
And so the man went and told all over town how much Jesus had done for him. Sometimes, God just wants you to give your testimony. Look what God has done in my life. It is great to bring people to the scriptures. You need to do that because it's through the scriptures that we get salvation. We understand the power of God through him. But sometimes people need to see a changed life to see, okay, I read it, but what does it mean to me? And they can see the power that the gospel has had in your life. Maybe God has answered a prayer that you can share. Maybe God has delivered you. Maybe you were oppressed at one point and got deliverance. Maybe you had healing happen. That was only a direct result of prayer. You have testimonies. You have God stories that you can share. Don't be afraid to share them. What this man did is he did go and share what had happened. And because the Decapolis, those 10 cities, were all allied together, it's probable that the news went and spread to all those 10 cities as well. Later in the scriptures, we read that Jesus came to the people of the Gerenzes again and fed 4,000 of them in a miracle. So what we believe happened is that this man's testimony triggered people's curiosity to find out who is this Jesus. And so when they heard he was coming again, instead of being afraid this time, those people now came and were a part of the miracle of the feeding of the 4,000. This man's one testimony about how God helped him got thousands of people to hear Jesus and brought thousands to him. Um, and the ripples of that have gone on for hundreds of years. Um, oops, wrong button. Sorry, back through. Um, in the city of Hippo right now, there is excavation going on. And they have uncovered this place, which, they, which is called the Burnt Church of Hippa. Uh, and it was burnt down through a, an invasion of, a, of an enemy force in like the 600s or 700s. And the, the roof of the church burned and fell down on top of the floor of the church. And the ashes from that actually put a protective layer over the floor. And so as they've been excavating this, they have found this amazing mosaic of tiled underneath it. Um, and this, this uh, church is from the Byzantine area, so it's like in the 400s AD. Um, and in it, we see fish and we see loaves. And it is believed that these people were descendants, and they're also commemorating the fact that the feeding of the 4,000 happened in their area. Um, so we can see, even now, they're uncovering, like, this miracle did happen. The Christians there believed it. They know the region in which it happened, and they commemorated it there. And God is uncovering that again for us today. So there's even historical evidence of what had happened at this time. See how much power one testimony can make and how it affects others. And we can read about all kinds of other stories. In John chapter 4, we have the Samaritan woman at the well who Jesus came and he spoke to her and revealed that he was the Messiah to her. And what did, he, what did she do? She ran to town proclaiming to everyone, come see the man who knows everything I did. And then the Samaritans, who hated Jews at that time, all came to see who he was, accepted him for who he was, and then even asked him to stay for two days. And they, the, the disciples and Jesus stayed in Samaria 
for two days while they were ministering there. Again, to a people group that absolutely hated them, and now they're inviting them. The testimony of one person brought people to Jesus. So my challenge to you is don't be afraid to share your testimony with people. Who knows what that one testimony can do in someone's life? Think of the people in your life who've had an impact on you. Um, I can remember my friend Chris from high school, who, when my family first moved to uh, the town where they're living now, Cambridge, Ontario, um, I was in high school. Um, I had a friend, I had two friends, they were both named Chris. Uh, Chris with a K and Chris with a CH. Um, and then I was there, and uh, Chris with a K was a Christian, and Chris with a CH was an atheist. And I was agnostic. I, at that time, didn't know. I knew there was a God, and I knew who Jesus was in the sense that we celebrated his birth at Christmas and his resurrection at Easter, but I didn't know anything really beyond that, so I would consider myself agnostic. So we have a Christian and an agnostic and an atheist, and the Christian and the atheist would debate evolution at the lunch table. And I was there in the middle. Good point, Chris. Good point, Chris. Good point, Chris. You know, going back and forth between the two. Um, and Chris, the Christian, invited me up to youth group. Um, I started going to church. I met some Christian friends there. One of them, Eric, invited out, me out for, for hot chocolate after, uh, after youth group one night and basically told me, like, Nick, you've heard the gospel. You need to make a choice. I love you. I don't want to see you go to hell. And... For me, it was weird because I've never heard of another guy telling another guy he loved him. So that was weird for me. Um, and then, you know, it stayed on my mind because that year there had been people who had died from my high school in a motorcycle accident. So I knew we aren't guaranteed the next day. Um, and so I went home that night and prayed for the Lord to save me. Uh, originally, I prayed for fire insurance. You know, I didn't want to go to hell. Um, but God has grown that out of me sort of thing and made me follow him and love him and, and want to serve him. Um, but again, the testimony of Chris being a faithful friend and inviting me out. Uh, Eric taking the chance to come and invite me out. Individuals who, as a group, built into my life and then their parents became friends of mine whenever I would visit and they would build into my life. And, um, and again, we're where we are today because of the, those people who have built into our lives. Um, so it is interesting that one person can make a difference, but multiple people make multiple differences. Um, you know, read in, in Acts how Paul says, uh, you know, Paul planted, Apollos watered, but it was God who gave the increase. And so um, it's so amazing being part of the planting and watering process. Um, there's nothing like it. And I would encourage you in whatever stage of life you're in, whether you're new believer, old believer, um, God can use you. Sometimes you might not have to know every single point of systematic theology to debate with someone. It might just be God answered a prayer. I need to share it with you. You know, that kind of thing. Um, so I'd encourage you, you know, again, be in your word, but also don't be afraid to share what God is doing in your life. Um, and you know what? If you haven't seen recently God doing something in your life, pray for it. 
pray that God would give you a God story to share, and he will provide ways uh, to make that happen. Okay, let's pray. Heavenly Father, uh, God, I thank you. Uh, Jesus, you are greater than demons. You are greater than the wind and the sea. You have power over all, over all creation. And oh God, I ask that you help us in surrendering our power over to you, that you would be the king in our hearts, not ourselves. Um, God, if there is any demonic oppression of anyone in this room, Father, God, I pray for deliverance, that you would help them. I think of this man that, that Joshua and his family saw. God, I ask that you would, you would pour into his life, that you would rescue him of his demons, Lord. And God, that, that would be an amazing, miraculous story. Maybe Joshua needed to see that so that we could pray for this man. Who knows? Um, and God, I just pray for, for deliverance for him. But God, I, I do ask that you help us all in shining a light for you wherever it is we are whether it's in the marketplace, whether it's in a hospital, whether it's at home, whether it's in a school, um, wherever it is, God, I ask that you would help us to be bold and loving and be able to share these truths, Lord. I pray that you would give us God stories, that we can see things that have happened in our lives that we are uh, excited to share with others, because um, who knows what that one testimony might do in the lives of the people around us. Father, we pray for this. Uh, we pray that you would be glorified in it. We pray that Jesus will be magnified. We pray that uh, your kingdom would grow, that it would push back into the darkness, Lord, and that you would just keep lighting this world. Um, we thank you. We just pray for this in your son's awesome and precious name. Amen. Amen. We're going to stand and sing the song, How Can I Keep From Singing, as the final song. You know the... You know the Christ. How can you keep from telling the story? <laughs> there is an endless song echoes in.
I can sing in the troubled times. Sing when I win. I can sing when I lose my staff and I fall down again. I can sing because you pick me up. Father, so much for this month of missions, for the opportunities to be challenged, just to share our own testimony, just to find a place to serve and love one another as a church family. We know that even Christ said, by this would others know that you're my disciples, by your love one for another. So help us as we love each other to, to know our place, to know where you wish for us to serve but to know also that we each have that message. We can tell others about Jesus Christ. Thank you, Lord, so much for today, for Nick's preaching, for the family being here. Lord, we're grateful for those who serve you in these very special ways. Help us now to enjoy a meal together and to enjoy the fellowship we can have as we do that. And we'll praise you in your son's precious name. Amen. You are dismissed. Lots of food. So please stay. Good job, Josh. Thanks. Yeah.